<laughs> Welcome to this week in sparkling water. My name is Joachim Eriksson, and I will be your host. Who's my guest today? Hi, everybody. My name's Sho Scheller. I'm the bar manager at Balbar University oh, Village. It's Sho, the white whale. The guy I've been trying to get on the pod for, well, since four months before the podcast started. No, no worries there. Uh, so we're just going to go straight forward. We're, 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 today we're doing tangerine-flavored sparkling water. Yum. So we got three, three of them. We're going to start with the affordable option. What do we have here, Show? We have a Safeway Signature Select. Have so you ever had a Signature Select anything? Uh, yeah, I think I've had their, like, peach. Oh, you mean their sparkling water. Ooh, did you hear that? That was almost no crack at all. Yeah, you know what's good with this is... Uh, Pinnacle whipped cream vodka and uh, peach sparkling water. And then that's like kind of like a cream soda. Yeah, well, no, it's just peach flavored. Yeah, but like pinnacle whipped cream vodka, whipped cream vodka kind of becomes like a... It doesn't curdle because there's no dairy in it. It's just... Oh, but it's not clear? It's artificial. Okay. It is clear. Yeah, so it's like a, what, whatever, whatever goes in a cream soda. I'm sure it's like that. Yeah, some kind of malic or citric acid or something. That's weird. Let's smell it. Shall we? Yeah, I mean, that's... Mm. Does that smell like tangerine to you? No, kind of. Now it smells like whipped cream. I, uh, it's your mind. It's your mind playing tricks like on you. It smells like an orange creamsicle. Yeah, okay, let's try it. That wow. is very surprising, actually. It's got a sickly sweet... Yeah, this is extremely sweet. Kind of like, uh, almost like a melon. Yeah, it's all... It, it literally tastes like a... It is tangerine grapefruit. Mm. Oh, okay. That's why it's got so much stuff going on. This is actually really good. This yeah. is like a Sprite. It's crazy it's sweet. Way too, it's way sweeter than I like my sparkling waters, though. So now you have to score it from zero to ten, show. Ten, baby. This no, is delicious. No, don't give it a ten. Don't, don't come at it with a ten right away. Okay, fine. A nine. Okay, a nine. Okay, we're just going to go straight for the next one. Have you ever had one of these bad boys? I have not, but I just know that's like what the supermodels wear and yeah. drink. Yeah, it's a Voss. Voss tangerine lemongrass. So this is from Norway. Oh, this and is where you know, you're from. Where, this is from where Hjolkim's from. Uh, so whatever you feel about Chinese people, that's how I feel about Norwegians. Okay. Where, dude, they're these lazy, dirty mountain people that are just so entitled and shitty because in the early 20th century, we gave them independence they were part of sweden and then they just asked real nice and we just let them be their own country and then they discovered oil outside of the waters out of off the coast of norway and they made a lot of money you're just mad because they hustled you it's like every other country like cinco de mayo yesterday uh-huh it's because the fucking mexicans fought the spaniards for their freedom like every other independence day is there was a war okay let's smell it very light on the nose. Yeah, very Almost faint. nothing. Ooh, again, very light. Very light. Wow. I like it's this like one better. It's like the absolute opposite of the previous one, which tasted like a soda. Yeah, this, this, okay. This I would actually give a nine, and then the signature select goes down to like a three, because it's not really sparkling yeah. water anymore. It's like... So he knows, he knows what he thinks about things, you know? He went from ten to nine to three. Yeah. The lemongrass is... Let's see if we can find some lemongrass in there. 
Yeah, I can meat. definitely taste the lemongrass. It hits the top of your mouth. Yeah, I don't really get the the peel of the citrus anymore. It's just all yeah. kind of muddied up with the lemongrass. It's nice though. But I would definitely drink this. Yeah, like if you were a billionaire. Yeah, definitely. I'd have a couple expensive. of these in my in my limo. Yeah, we're just gonna zoom right through these because who knows who knows how long we have the studio for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what do we have here, show? Uh, the wonderful Lacroix. Lacroix. Tangerine. I have a funny story about this. Okay. So, my son was in my car. See you later, Jaime. Adios, amigos. Adios, cabron. See you tomorrow. So, my son and his friend were in the back of my car, and I had a 12-pack of these. No problem, man. Mexican Coke, bro. Adios. I got Jaime a, a, a he wanted a Coke and I got him a Mexican Coke because he, mm. he told me today that he's from Mexico City. With real sugar cane. Yeah. Uh, so, show your story. Okay, so. You got a couple of kids in the van. Yeah, so I'm going to the park. I don't have my kids buckled in like I'm supposed to. They're just all kind of like, like lab rats in the back of my truck. And uh, <laughs> they pick up my open box of LaCroix there was 11 in there in a yeah. 12 pack and they turn it upside down yeah and it just like falls all over my freaking truck like yeah everywhere it just like explodes and one of them happened to go underneath my brake pedal because you don't like, know this because this is not a video pod but show is a full-on cowboy like show has a cowboy hat always so, so yeah, you're in the cowboy van. I'm wearing the, a trucker the, hat that says smash right now. <laughs> and it's dirty. And it's dirty, but it, but the smash is like a glittery pink. And then one of them went under your brake pedal? Yeah, and I was fucking horrified. Yeah, that is scary. Yeah. I've never driven a car in my life, but that does sound scary. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the greatest dad, but I'm... <laughs> but you're there. I'm there. <laughs> I'm just there. But show, so tangerine. Tangerine, yes. So when you smell it, it's, for me, this is fucking legit. This is just like tangerine smelling. And then when you taste it, dude, legit. Okay, I disagree because I think the metal cans play a part of the flavor. Mm -hmm, that happens. The metal can can taint it. And I feel like the Voss, since it's in a glass bottle, Obviously, it tastes different, and I like the effervescence of it much more. So, for this episode, we're doing something very special, which is that we actually have two tangerines that we're going to... <laughs> Bernie is giving me a thumbs up. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna actually have a piece of tangerine now. Okay. Dude, this tangerine is uh, a three. <laughs> this tangerine is rock hard. Watch this tangerine now taste like. My grandma egg. used to be like, make sure to peel the bitter peels off so that it doesn't turn bitter and release the PPOs. <laughs> the PPOs? She didn't actually say that. So this is actually the traditional food in Japan on New Year's. Right, little New Year's tangerine. Uh-huh. So what's your heritage show? I am Japanese and just a smidge of Nazi. Smidge, smidge of germ. Okay, I'm tasting it. Ooh. Oh, wow. Ice cold. Almost totally flavorless. <laughs> That's a terrible tangerine. <laughs> no, it's not. It's sweet. It's good. Mm, 
That's not a very good tangerine. Um, so, Show, I just have a bunch of small questions that I want you to just sort of answer really quickly. Shoot. Can I, is there anything I can't a ask you? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Sparkling water, yeah. 3.28 p.m. We're, we're still pretty good, eh? We are doing good. Yeah, God damn it. Okay, the phone is ringing. Today's episode is brought to you by uh, Charlie's Produce. I'm really, really grateful for Charlie's Produce. Um, supporting us since day one. You know, first episode with Cooper, if you go all the way back. Less to say, I didn't turn the fridge off back in those days, and uh, Charlie was there for me, you know? And Charlie's there for me still. It's a beautiful thing. What was that? So, how did you end up dating Amethyst? Oh, man. Uh... Like, who pursued who? I pursued her for sure. Yeah? Yeah. But everyone was like partying and stuff or like what's the context? Oh yeah. Yeah, there's like, it's framed by like a little bit of drinking and maybe some bars and stuff. So much. Yeah. Yeah. So was it like a long process of pursuing her? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. Like every single day I pursue her. <laughs> I don't mean now. <laughs> No, seriously though, like yeah, that's but... what relationships are, right? Is you have to like constantly, like you know when people say like, mm. you know, marriage is work or relationships are work. It's, it's not work. Mm. It's just like what you want, and then it's you just have to be a go-getter, and and it's not always about pleasing them either. It's also about uh, making sure that your ducks are in a row. It's you know. Yeah establishing semi-healthy relationships and doing things for people because you care about them. A relationship can be framed many, many different ways. Where, yeah, you can frame it as a, it's a lifelong, you pursue your partner kind of deal where it's always, that's what the work is. My new thing is that I think I try to frame it as that the best way to be a partner is to just focus on yourself and just work on yourself. What your response, take responsibility for your side of the street. I don't agree with the first half of what you said, but what you just said right now, I completely agree with. Yeah. yeah. Because I just mean that when you're in a relationship and you're trying to work on it, if you focus on the other person, it gets really muddled really quick where you are like trying to change them, trying to negotiate things with them. Whereas if you only practice humility and looking at yourself and finding, go on and just look at your own flaws and try to work on your own, like, well, I was self-seeking there, you know? Right. And I was an asshole there and I always do this shit. And then you just listen and practice complete humility. I think if you focus 0% on your partner, somehow you become the most attractive to your partner. There's something. Okay, so here's the thing. Some about, sort of rubber band thing there too. Here's the thing about attraction is that it's always morphing based on sure. your day-to-day -day life. Like some days you're gonna, you know, just have different things come into your life, and you're gonna. Nobody's perfect, but I think what relationships really are is just uh, two people trying to trying I think mm. just uh, working on working on themselves to be better partners I mean ideally ideally that's what it can be yeah but yeah no I get the self-seeking thing too there was a long time where I was just not doing 
great things morally. Yeah. And uh, like what? I don't know. Just dating strippers and yeah, like partying a lot and just drinking and just not really having any sort of um, any sort of. I didn't care what you know happened to the other person it was just all like I was super selfish mm. and it made me really and then when I started to think about other people that's when things really changed what I think it's what actually happened is when those bad things that I did came back to haunt me mm. and <clears throat> sometimes they'd like come all together at like in like a one week or a one month period and then you're just like holy shit like my life is crazy now yeah. just because of all these things I did and yeah it's mm. like what <clears throat> well I went to jail because of a girl and I've like owed a lot of money and I've you know broken people's hearts and I didn't think twice about it mm. and then I'd like see them and they're like dead or they're super successful and I was like wow I've really not really added anything beneficial to their lives right yeah so I relate to that yeah it's like yeah sometimes I look back on like the girls the big exes and it's easy to look at those people and they have relationships now and maybe kids and long-term things and to just feel like that the most charitable thing I did there was to remove myself from the situation. Yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up, but that's how I feel a lot of the times is like sometimes yeah. I feel like maybe things would be better if I wasn't in their lives. And then, yeah. and then I got to a certain point where I was like, started having a lot of self-worth and realizing that I'm perfectly capable of you know making people happy and uh yeah and then that's when I think things started to change yeah hmm that's cool did you vote in the last election Nope, I was one of those idiots who didn't vote, and I should have. I always had this, like, super ignorant way of saying, oh, my vote's not going to count, and then yeah. <laughs> it's just going uh, to sway the contender or some shit like that, and I didn't really... And, um, and this time around, do you think you're going to vote? or? Uh... Yeah, Trump 2020, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That's my Donnie. dad. Donnie. That's my dad. Yeah, that's your dad. Juanito is here. Yep. Um, so, do you get annoyed with me at work sometimes? Oh, God, yeah. So, t talk about that. Okay, so, Joe Kim came in. Uh, I was like three years into my bar managing career. And, yep. uh, you know, you definitely ruffled some feathers because everyone was like, who the fuck is this dude? And then once I started to actually get to know Joe Kim, when we when the virus hit, that is when things started to change. I was like, no, Joe Kim is Joe Kim's like that ruffle feathers. Like what? Uh, so, you know, people are worried about their income, and then you introduce a new server, 
that doesn't really expo. <laughs> that or... doesn't really expo. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. Keep going. So. Yeah. Okay. Basically, I think the business model for here is you work from the ground up, and yeah. then you become a server or a bartender finally. Right. But you were just kind of plopped in. But, like, now that yeah. I know your history and, like, where you've worked and, like, your tenure and and yeah. the fact and your poise and all that yeah. good stuff, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, Joe Kim may not be the tidiest or, <laughs> like, the most friendly, but he's sincere and he's, like, he's super entertaining. Yeah, super entertaining. And he so, speaks Mandarin. Yeah. Or Cantonese, whatever. So, um... I remember in my interview. And also, like, half of the people coming in here are Chinese, so it's just like, bam. Right. Just send Joe Kim over. Those just, are my regulars. Just make them have, like, the Chinese section. Yeah. Just like the... I'll take that 1% tip section. Yeah, just like the 50s or hey something. Hey, man, I'm not here for the money. I'll take that whole section. Um, I do remember them, Marcos, telling me in my interview that the conventional way that things are done around here is that that you hire inexperienced people and teach them over a long time. Right. And then they become servers after right. six or nine or 12 months. Yeah, and, and the thing about and introducing tells, a server yeah. into here is that people that have been busing or expoing or hosting want that serving position because you're, you're usually like quadrupling your income. Yeah. But the thing is, is that when you put servers in, it pisses a lot of people off. Yeah. I understand that, but you know what? It's like... I'm not about to fucking babysit as a manager and wait for people to learn. I'm just going to implement the best people. I'm not going to, I don't have time to explain like every single bottle behind the bar and like techniques and stuff. If wait, I now I can't tell which side you're on. Now you're saying that it is kind of inconvenient to do that thing where you bring in really young, really inexperienced it's, people. It's both actually. That's, that's what's tough is that there's no... There's no set guideline for bringing up great staff. It's just yeah. kind of like... Yes, there are success stories from both philosophies. Exactly, and that's yes. the tough thing is that when you bring in people like Joe Kim Yu, uh, it's, it's really great for the restaurant and it may ruffle a lot of the feathers, but I think in the end, when people actually see you serve or see you on the floor, it's totally different. It's like mm. they finally get it. Mm. You know? <laughs> like, you know, you know, it might not be like... Uh, I didn't know I ruffled that many feathers. You didn't, but I'm just saying... I mean, like, I mean that's that really wasn't me doing that. It was management doing that. I know. Because I'm just fucking... I just send out a resume on poached.com and I just and, show up to an interview. And this is very and common just, in restaurant industries. Yeah, for sure. Like, people are like super sensitive about but hey what do you mean i'm not friendly hey no you're super friendly to me but like you you know you you're just kind of a say it show i have to tell you you're not sam um in terms of to coworkers or to guests to guests right right you think sam has the most table side manners no I'm not saying that. Oh, no, no, but... But I'm saying, like... So don't hold back, you know? You can say whatever you want about me here. This is a space of radical honesty. I've never I've never just, like, sat next to you and watched you serve. Yeah. But, like, you know people like Sydney that are just, like, super bubbly and just, like, right. holy 
Jesus, like, where's all that laughter coming from? And then there's people like, yeah. uh, I don't know, I'm probably a good example, like, someone that doesn't really smile at tables. Yeah, I'm, you're kind of the quiet, mysterious guy. No, I'm just like, I'm too fucking busy, so I'm just like extracting an order and then putting it in and then just like getting yeah. the shit on their table. I would say you have a, a mysterious take on it. I, in that sense, I totally self-identify as a server who is I'm way more of a volume server than a regular server right like none of my people know anything about me right and I'm happier having 22 tables that all get exactly every condiment they want and every modification is correct and yeah. everyone gets the timing correct yeah and they don't like see me very much or except when it's like a four top of kind of fancy people then they need me to like really tell a story about the food. Like, I'm very happy telling a story about the food. Yeah. And... No, I think every restaurant needs you. We need people like you. We need... And then we need all the other different personality types. I think yeah. that's what makes the... Uh, I think that's what makes restaurants so dynamic. And I think that's why I'm always gravitating back to restaurants is because, like, I'm just... I just love working with really interesting people from everywhere. Mm. Yeah, but you know what? I shit on you, but it's out of love. Like, from a personal level, like, I really, I really like you. That's great, show. That's I great? That. Yeah, I love that you love me, and I love you, show. Oh, wait, my psycho side's coming out. Okay, thanks. <laughs> cool. Show almost pulled a knife on me there. That's so funny. Because you know, you know he's got a knife in that cowboy hat. Uh-oh. Um, so, that's... That's pretty good, I guess. Is there anyone in the restaurant world that you admire, Joe? Yeah, I, um, man, there's so many. I think for one, I, uh, John Christensen, our beverage director, he kind of brought me up when I was a new bartender. And then there is, actually, believe it or not, um, Ted First, the owner of the, one of the first restaurant gigs, at Le Grand Bistro, he's been huge. He kind of helped me set the pace for what service should be, and uh, and then that's cool. Yeah, there's just a, and then just a bunch of great bartenders, really talented bartenders in the city, yeah. um, different kind of bartenders. Mm. But they're, I think, personality. I gravitate more towards that more so than like, oh, look how creative this is. I think it's the lost art of how you treat your bar guests and all the like the nuances the small things mm. that kind of keep it together how you like twirl your glass when you're polishing it or like shit that comes from like 20 years of bartending that you see the little things that you really appreciate and you're like or even like how to approach i know some I knew a captain at John Howie Steakhouse that was amazing. He could go into a group of people that were just irate and then he could just have them smiling at the end. And I have, and some other person could say the same exact thing and it wouldn't matter. It's just the way he did it. It's just as like Ron Jeremy porn star mustache. The fact that he was like 5'1 and like 200 pounds. And he just like, he, I don't know. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. What about you? Is there anyone I admire? Restaurant biz. Well. Oh, and Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, yeah. Gordon Ramsay, I think um, his leadership skills are really great, even though... You know, in, yeah. 
you know, and yeah, yeah, I love um, Kitchen Nightmares, just the original shit. Mm-hmm. The Gordon Ramsay, he just goes in and shits on people. Every episode has the same formula where he starts in the first five minutes, he has a meal there. And he just basically licks it and then throws it yeah, back on the Yeah, hates plate. on it, and then 15 minutes into the episode, he's looking in the kitchen and it's all dirty, and yeah. every single episode he's screaming, I ate here! You served me this! Everybody you could have killed me! Every episode? And after five episodes, you're like, bro, you know when you're eating it in the beginning of the episode that you're gonna discover that it's dirty as fuck, so stop acting surprised every episode, but it's fine. It's, it's a good television. formula. Yeah. I ate it every episode. It's so good. But in that world, you know who I actually really like? Oh, Marco Pierre White, too. I don't know who that is. He's like, he brought up Gordon Ramsay. Oh, okay. He trained them. Right. Like, like when people are into Bruce Lee, but then it's cooler to be into Ip Man. Yeah, when? The guy who trained Bruce Lee. Oh, shit. It's always cool to go one step up. up. Yeah. Yeah. I like Yeah, when. No, in that world, you know who I like that I think is a little bit underrated? Are we talking about restaurants or kung fu? No, we're talking about celebrity chefs. Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver? Dude, I like Jamie Oliver. His uh, old shit where he was just this energetic little kid with really good cooking skills, and uh-huh. he would just explain really basic things in these really helpful ways. Dude, I learned so much from, um, from watching early Jamie Oliver shit. And then he got kind of like hokey, and now he's like super political, and it's all about not having school kids be fat or something. I don't know. But early when he was young and not so famous, dude, Jamie Oliver, really underrated, actually. Because people shit on him for being like the, you know, just too mainstream. What's that dude with the frosted tips and the goatee and the That's Guy Fieri. That guy's hilarious. You know, I've never actually seen any Guy Fieri stuff. What's going on, Bernie? Not much. Hey, guys. guys (laughs) Hi, Bernie. Um, Sorry, sous chef. No, half. Tofu. The salad. crispy tofu. Oh. No, no. Tofu salad. Tofu salad. Run tofu on, seaweed salad. Run on seaweed. Okay. And uh, dressing. Okay. Do we oh. have the vegetarian vermicelli? Okay. And we have pumpkin curry and maybe everything else. Yeah, it's certain. Yes, for now it's only the seaweed salad. Okay. We got no dressing. Okay, that sounds good. <clears throat> um, so. You have invented a couple of cocktails in your day? Uh, yeah. I like my Ace of Spades cocktail. It's essentially a sour, it's like a margarita with mezcal. And uh, the reason is because mezcal in our food is really amazing. It's just uh, oily and savory and just earthy and smoky and it's like tequila. Uh, and then that is introduced with a fresh lime, uh, corn. Quantro, which is like a essentially Quantro. yeah cognac with infused with um, bitter orange peel. It was like a orange was like a luxurious thing back in the day apparently, and then we have a so blah, it's blah, like blah. a so, it's like a margarita with all these like herbaceous citrusy yeah a lot of depth a lot of darkness exactly to a margarita yeah it's got like a cool black salt rim. So it kind of has a nice contrast and then chili oil drops on top, so. Oh, dude, it's beautiful looking. Yeah, so I like that one a lot. Oh, it is beautiful looking. With those three droplets hovering on the surface tension, mm-hmm. bright orange droplets on this like um, lime juice colored, like sort of off yellow base. It's like beautiful. A pretty. 
ever it's a big wow factor where every time I drop that off on a table, the lady is always like, wow. Yeah, but besides that, I just want people to like kind of like taste it and then understand that aspect yeah, too. That's tight. Um, the other one's called Oscar's Dry Spell, and that was probably before you came, but I named it because I used to be obsessed with like Sesame Street because my son used to watch a lot of Sesame Street, so I started naming all these cocktails out of Sesame Street characters, but it's essentially a garbage can. It's like got seven ingredients in it, and it's pretty dry because it's sherry forward. Mm. And so I was thinking like since Oscar never gets laid because he lives in a trash can, he's like super bitter. And so I named it Oscar's Dry Spell. So do you want to monologue a little bit and I pick up the phone? Just talk about something that you don't want me to hear. Okay, what does Joe Kim not want me to hear? Oh, I know one. I don't know anything about Swedes and basically I am trying to make an assumption that all Swedish people are like Joachim and I'm completely fascinated with him. He's a bizarre character. He's got a mullet for some reason and uh, I just can't get over that. And he's really insecure about his weak chin. I don't know why he's a handsome fellow. And I don't know. Just sitting here looking at half-eaten tangerines and a bunch of sparkling water. All right, so I think we got to call it. Okay. That was fun. Yeah. Um, hmm. I hope... Um, I wish it was more conciliatory. You don't think it was good enough? I think... Because... Yeah, no, no. I Were just, you disappointed with this conversation? It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> No. Were you expecting it to be something else? No, no, I just... What's going on, Sean? Um, are we doing tacos or not? Kalavong? Hanoi? Yeah. yeah, we're doing Hanoi's, right? You told me we still have some. Thank you for listening to This Week in Sparkling Water. That was our review of Tangerine from Signature Select. Tangerine from LaCroix and Tangerine Lemongrass from Voss. Which brings us to the closing segment. Sparkling water, sparkling mind. First of all, just close your eyes and notice how there's a big ball of, I don't know, anger? Some sort of furious feeling towards show for saying that I was annoying. But isn't that my own fault? Didn't I ask him what he found most annoying about me? Didn't he just answer my question? Isn't this just something I set myself up for? Why am I so annoyed with show? I don't know. I shouldn't be. shouldn't be and then just take that feeling and just hold that feeling in your hand like a white ball of glowing light and then open your hand and drop that feeling and, and never feel it again <laughs>